Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this week's edition or episode about the book Imaginable by Jane McGonagall. Keep listening to find out why you need to take a step into the future. Welcome back. I'm your host, Steph Clark, and each week I share with you the three big ideas from the best non-fiction books that I've been reading and doing the reading so you don't have to. This week it is the incredible book, incredible book by Jane McGonagall called Imaginable, which I loved. Um, oh, if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that I love this book. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, then be prepared to hear me talking about this book a lot. I would not be surprised, I'm going to put my my $5 on it now, that this might be one of my books of the year by the time we get to December. I'm prepared to be wrong on that, but it's a pretty high contender, I reckon. So I'm very excited to tell you about it in more detail today. The book is all about thinking, imagining a future, 10 years in the future, that's quite specific, we'll talk about that in a moment, that is different to today, but different in today, not in a we're all riding on hoverboards kind of way, but in a way that there are already the signals and the signs that the world could be going in this direction, your country could be going in this direction, whatever it is. So it's all about practicing the future. And I just found it so interesting, so novel, so exciting, confronting, yes, absolutely in places, which I like in a book. I don't, it's, you know, there's a lot of books out there, particularly in this kind of nonfiction realm that are a lot of the same ideas kind of recycled or re just repackaged. This one really is something quite different. And, and Jane's work at the Institute of Futures is, you know, I mean, she has a lot to say on this topic and is very well versed in this topic in the science of the, of the, the neuroscience behind practicing for futures and things as well. Anyway. I'll tell you a little bit more about Jane and the book in a moment. So we're going to go through, as usual, the three big ideas. I will rave about the book as we go through. And as you'll know, if you listen to this podcast for a while, sometimes I do a fairly neutral episode. This is not going to be one of those. Bloody loved it. So, <laughs> so you are gonna, you're going to know about that as we, as we go through. All right, let me tell you a little bit about the book, a little bit about Jane, if you haven't heard of Jane and her work, and then obviously the three big ideas. Let's get into it. The COVID-19 pandemic, increasingly frequent climate disasters, a new war, events we may have called unimaginable or unthinkable in the past are now our reality. Just a bit of a cheerful beginning there. Today, it feels more challenging than ever to feel unafraid, hopeful and equipped to face the future with optimism. How do we map out our lives when it seems impossible to predict what world will be like next week, let alone next year or the next decade? What we need now are strategies to help us recover our confidence and creativity in facing uncertain futures. In Imaginable, Jay McGonagall draws on the latest scientific research in psychology and neuroscience to show us how to train our minds to think the unthinkable and imagine the unimaginable. She invites us to play with the provocative thought experiments and future simulations she's designed exclusively for this book with the goal to build our collective imagination so that we can dive into the future and envision in surprising detail what our lives will look like 10 years from now, develop the courage and vision to solve problems creatively, take actions and make decisions that will help shape the future we desire and access urgent optimism an unstoppable force within each of us that activates our sense of agency imaginable teaches us to be fearless resilient and bold in realizing a world with possibilities we cannot yet imagine until reading this transformative inspiring and necessary book that was taken from the amazon book blurb i'll link to the amazon book blurb so you can see the reference or the source for these blurbs but also i'll send you a link to jane's website as well which has more information and lots and lots of links to articles she's written videos she's been in her ted talk etc 
little bit about Jane. Jane McGonagall is a future forecaster and designer of reality games created to improve real lives and solve real problems. She's also the author of two New York Times bestselling books, Reality is Broken, Why Games Make Us Better and How They Can Change the World, which was 2011, and Super Better, The Power of Living Gamefully, which is from 2016. And her TED Talk on how gaming can improve our lives has more than 15 million views. She is the Director of Games Research and Development at the Institute for the Future, a non-profit research group in Palo Alto, California, and she currently teaches the course How to Think Like a Futurist at Stanford University. She's also the lead instructor for the Institute of the Future series on the Coursera platform. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. And this combination of Jane's skills, and I love this, what a great combination of skills between game designer and futurist is such a cool combination. And again, just creates such an interesting perspective that she brings to this work that she does and the obviously the, the information in the book as well. Let's get into the three big ideas I took from the book Imaginable by Jane McGonagall. Big idea number one is practice the future. In the book, it says we're better to be surprised by a simulation than blindsided by reality. By practicing the future today, we can protect ourselves from future shocks and be ready to change. May, and we might even make changes or imagine new opportunities for ourselves today, not just about thinking about what we need to do in the future. The future that Jane talks about quite specifically in this book is, and in the, the other work she does, is 10 years. It's uncomfortable enough to be slightly murky and uncertain, but not so far that it feels too abstract and kind of disengaging which is a lot of the problem we have as humans when predicting too far in the future or thinking about ourselves too far in the future in 2008 jane ran the superstruct simulation for thousands of people globally and this particular simulation was about a respiratory pandemic 10 years in the future from 2008 now we kind of know how that panned out or how that uh, that prediction became worryingly accurate and at a worryingly similar time frame as well that they were talking about. When then, sort of fast forward to 2020, Jane started receiving Facebook messages and emails from all of these different participants who had been through the Superstruck simulation in 2008, all those years before, to say that they they weren't freaking out as much as other people around them. They knew what was coming or they felt that they knew what was coming. They felt prepared and less uncertain because they had, they'd been through that before. There was a certain muscle memory, even though it had just been a simulation t- 12 years earlier. They felt like they had the skills and the knowledge to think, okay, we're going to have to stay apart from each other. We're going to have to wear masks. We're going to maybe have to work from home, even though none of those things had come into practice in reality at that stage that they were started, the pandemic was starting. Ultimately, they were more ready to answer the question, how will I feel and how will I use my skills to help either myself, my community, my family, whatever that happens to be. Doing this work and and thinking in this imaginable future is also a great stretch for your creativity and imagination. The fMRI work they have done on people when getting them to think about in in this certain way is that you literally see yourself differently. You see yourself in the third person. So if you think about yourself in 10 years time, it's almost like you're floating above and you're seeing yourself as as another person in some ways, which gives you this objectivity. Whereas if you think about yourself a week from now, you'll probably look at it through your own eyes as if you are in this, you know, you are in your brain, in your eyes, in your body as you would be right now. So this sparks EFT or episodic future thinking as the brain stretches to fill the gaps between present you and possible future you when you're thinking that little bit further in in the future around that 10 year time frame, which means we get to play with reality, which is very exciting. So that's big idea number one, practice the future. 
Big idea number two is see the signs. So a lot of the book is about how to think about the future and some of the things you can do, some of the activities. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But there's also this section on the book around seeing the signs, seeing the signals and seeing what might be coming. In order to get good at imagining our futures, we need to practice looking for these signals of change. And this absolutely isn't about being right, and that's really important, but it is about looking at all the possible futures based on our current signals. So there's some really obvious ones. Climate change, such you know, such an obvious one. We've been talking about it for a long time. There is already signs, very strong signs and signals that the world will look very different in 10 years time, and we will need to be prepared for that. Technology as well, technology use, the governance of technology, tracking technology, what that can do, what the possibilities are, VR, AR, etc. Government regulation as well, and the way that we vote, the way that we are influenced by politics. Other things could include things like the economy, maybe universal basic income, interest rates, lending, you know, whatever it is. There's so many little signals out there at the moment that when you start to look for them and patch them together, you think, oh, hang on, the world could look quite different in 10 years' time if there is a level of universal basic income in certain countries or maybe even globally, maybe not in 10 years, but certainly within countries, that could be an option. And what would that mean? What what does would that mean for your work what would that mean for the industry you work in etc etc now you can turn this into and this signal spotting into a fun topic for regular catch-ups with your friends your team at off-sites this is something i'm going to be definitely bringing into the work i do with leadership teams having read this book and jane has this habit of catching up and making signals of change sightings part of her catch-ups that she has with certain friends and someone said to her in one of these catch-ups, have you heard about pizzly bears? Yes, you heard that right, pizzly bears. And this is basically where grizzly bears and polar bears, their habitats are starting to overlap as a result of ice flows melting and polar bears coming further south and encroaching on the territory of grizzly bears. And what that has meant is that they have then bred and you now have these hybrid bears called pizzly bears. So that sparked a, a huge rabbit hole for Jane thinking about, okay, that's how animals are starting to adapt that's not necessarily a good thing not necessarily a bad thing what does that mean what does that mean for humans as well because as human habitable land becomes less habitable with extreme heat with fires with flood etc what does that mean for mass migration of of humans never mind just the bears etc so all of these things that you can do and she gives some tips on on doing that around following your curiosity following a trail of a clue where you maybe you didn't know of something or you hear about pizzly bears and you start looking into that you could see you could do some specific news or social media search and she talks about you know the things search for around the future of prison reform the future of mental health the future of pets for example and so she talks about some things to some specific things to Google, which might send you down a very interesting rabbit hole. But the important thing is that we make this a habit, make this something that we are regularly doing and looking at those signals of change. Again, it's not about being right, but it's about stretching your brain, stretching your imagination, thinking about what could this mean for this field, this industry, this part of society in a period of time later than today. So that's big idea number two, see the signs. Big idea number three is it only takes 10 days. In the book, Jane shares many possible futures, heaps and heaps of them. And that I found was the most exciting part of the book is looking at all these different things, feeling slightly confronted by some of them, feeling quite excited by other ones. 
at the back of the book there's three kind of deeper dives that you can play with and actually run the simulations yourself with your family etc the first one is called the road to zero phonia which is all around there being no no litter allowed because the world is full up the landfills are full no one is taking anyone else's rubbish garbage anymore and we have to live with zero waste so that's the first one The second one is called Welcome Party, which is all about mass migration of people, either temporarily or permanently as a result of climate change. And the third one is called 10-Year Winter, which is all about making a significant shift to the world's temperature by throwing up sulfur particles into the atmosphere to create a 10-year winter so that the world or the earth can cool down and undo some of the damage that's been done for the last couple of hundred years. So those are three. Again, there's signals for all of them. Some of them, like the 10-year winter one, is slightly more extreme than maybe the what could really happen or what is more likely to happen. But it's a good stretch to start thinking about what would that look like and what would I do, etc. So for each three of those, you're, there's a you know, full fact pattern. There's some journaling prompts that you're encouraged to do in terms of what might your life look like anyway in 10 years' time. Where would you be living? What would the impact of these things be initially on your life, etc.? And then you go about your normal day. You don't have to spend 10 full days doing this. What you do is you live your normal 2022 life. But then what you need to do is think about how your activities of the day would be impacted by that scenario should it be real at that point in time. So for 10 or 15 minutes each day, there's a, there's a journal prompt. You should think about what you've been doing, what the impact of that might be. So if you've been out for a picnic or you went to work, you drove to the office, what would that look like if there was no litter allowed? If you had no, there was no disposable things, if nothing could be, everything had to be reused or everything had to be reusable, how would your day have looked differently if that was the case? So for 10, 15 minutes each day for the 10 days, you're expe- there's some journaling prompt. So for example, there's a prompt around being a journalist reporting on that. So you're 10 years in the future, you're a journalist, you're maybe at a school, at a workplace, in a hospital, you're reporting on what that future looks like. What would you be writing? You can imagine some social media posts from, from that time in the future. You are encouraged to design t-shirts or protest signs that different sides might take. So thinking about what might be the for and against groups, what might they be calling for or arguing against, practicing a skill or behavior that you might need in that future imagining what rituals or celebrations or national holidays might exist if those things were were to come to pass what about the underlying problems the underlying systems the disease that would create these realities becoming real what might make you stay in a certain place what might make you go so particularly for the climate change ones there's actually a whole section on the questions around how many days of fire would you have to endure or how many evacuations would you endure in a given year for you to consider leaving how many floods how much smoke how many smoke days where you have to stay indoors etc as a result of the smoke in the air would you have to endure in order to consider moving somewhere else where would you move and then think about how you might use your current skills and what new skills you may need in the future should those things happen and therefore maybe what you need to do now or start building now or practicing now in order to be ready for such future shocks Now, whether you think some of these things are realistic or not is kind of by the by. This isn't about being right, but it is about thinking about there are future signals that some of these things could become true in some way, shape or form. And Jane shares several times that when they did the respiratory pandemic one in 2008, a lot of people thought, oh, no, this is ridiculous. This could never happen. We'll never get to a stage where everyone will have to work from home or do do school from home, etc., especially globally. This is this is silly. Yeah. So it goes to show that even some of these things that you might read and dismiss, it's definitely worth thinking about because so what if it's wrong? Like that's that's kind of not the point is about whether it's right or not. All of these things are possible. 
whether they're probable yeah obviously there's different levels of that and there's some that she calls out more or less in that in the in the book so the point here is that it only takes 10 days to and this is what they did with the 2008 simulation it only takes 10 days to practice this it only takes probably about 15 to 30 minutes if that across each of those 10 days to really practice these skills to stretch your brain to think about and imagine that future and what your life would look like and particularly your role your reaction and your skills and how you can contribute if those things became reality so let's begin in number three it only takes 10 days so we go three big ideas from the book imaginable by jane mcgonagall big idea number one practice the future big idea number two see the signs and big idea number three it only takes 10 days I love this book. The reason I loved it is because it was so different and because it really did stretch my thinking. And I have gone away and I've thought about this book every single day since I finished reading it. I've talked to people about it. I have sent the book to a couple of people already. And I'm already thinking about a couple of client situations I've got where I want to create a bit of a simulation and Jane gives some kind of ingredients or recipes for for doing that yourself for their leadership teams and for some of their leadership programs and things as well because I think it'd be a really healthy thing for people to be doing and thinking about particularly given some of the industries that I work with and some of them that could be affected by some kind of significant shocks in the future that there are signals and signs for already. Highly, highly recommend this book definitely worth reading it is something a bit different as well it's not your normal kind of management books that some of the other stuff that I share or that yeah I know that you may read or may read regularly so yeah if you want something different this is definitely my my hot pick at the moment if you've read this book I would definitely love to hear from you let me know if you want to share some signals or how you've been incorporating some of these ideas into your life already what you've been thinking about since reading it and when you do get around to reading it if you haven't already again get in touch let me know best way to contact me is on instagram at steph's biz bookshelf that's b-i-z in the middle steph's biz bookshelf link to that is in the show notes or on linkedin i'm steph clark on linkedin again link to that at the bottom of the show notes but otherwise until next time happy reading